श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतम की जाए कंटिन्यूइंग आवर डिस्कशन ऑफ चैप्टर 5 फर्स्ट कैंटो नार्ड्स इंस्ट्रक्शंस ऑन श्रीमद भागवतम टुडे वी कम टू वर्सेस 37 एंड 38 after which there are two more concluding verses of the chapter and these two verses constitute a bit of a conclusion in themselves as well in that thus far nard has cultivated a faith in vyas by his instructions on shuddha bhakti he instructed him on the superiority of bhakti over gyan and karma the uselessness of gyan and karma karma as paths unto themselves hmm. and um he did this by way of philosophical instruction and also in the context of telling his own story <clears throat> and uh, in that context of telling his own story he also showed the pro- the progression of bhakti from initial sadhu sangha that gives birth to faith which is the formal beginning so to speak of treading the path as much as one needs faith to go forward in any sense and um from faith on up to then prem sadhu sangha satam prasanga ृष्णी the progression of bhakti and then he came back from that and spoke a little bit about bhakti mixed with gyan and bhakti mixed with karma and how there's some allowance for that and how that can um gradually lead to uh if one applies oneself appropriately to unalloyed bhakti hmm? and so he said quite a bit about bhakti directly indirectly what it's not what it's partially what it what it is in the full sense how it develops so on and so forth so all this has been very interesting and and you can imagine that vyas is being feeling relief from his despondency he's gotten the the answer to his query on uh, no uncertain terms and thus now nard glorifies the essence in itself in in a sense of his own uh progress he speaks the mantra that he received from the sadhus he explains it uh also to some extent in a sense shishya he bruyustig dasishyasa gurave guyam apiuta as it was said in the beginning of the first chapter 
the glorification of Sutta Goswami, he was said to have been very qualified, submissive hearer and so forth, and so his gurus revealed to him, in this case really Sukadeva Goswami revealed to him everything. Guru Gurave The secret, the guyam. So this is this is what we want. We we want to orient ourselves such that we might be a proper vessel, receptacle of the secrets of the heart of the guru in the form of the mantra and his or her realization of that faith that that backs that and so forth. So Narada here is imparting the mantra and he does it in a curious way and uh, then he explains that mantra in a general sense. He says, Om Namo Bhagavate Tubyam Vasudevadi Mahi Pradyumnaya Nirudhaya Namasankarshanaya Cha Iti Murti Abhidhanena Mantramutim Amutikam Yajate Yajna Purusham Sasam Yagdarshana Puman First the mantra, 32 syllables. Onamo Bhagavate Tupyam. So he just comes out, he says it to you, Bhagawan. I offer my obeisances. And this Bhagawan, of course, is Krishna, as we've heard throughout. Um, he's a devotee of Krishna. Like all the principal speakers, as I mentioned before, and all the principal inquirers in the narratives that are entwined throughout the Bhagavatam, they're all devotees of Krishna. They're all, their Ishtadevata is Krishna. Either Krishna in, in Vaidhi Bhakti, like Prahlad, or like Narada here, slightly different, but also a form of Vaidhi Bhakti or Rag Bhakti, as may be the case. So, Om Namo Bhagavate Tugumo, obeisances unto Krishna. Vasudevaya Dimahi, Prabhumnaya Anirudaya, Namasankarshanaya Cha. So, this is the, the famed Chatur Bhuha hmm, for uh, forms of the Lord. And the general idea, of course, is that. From Vasudev, who is Krishna, comes Sankarshan. From Sankarshan comes uh, Pradyumna and Aniruddha. So, the normal order of mentioning the Chaturvi would be Vasudev, Sankarshan, Pradyumna, and Aniruddha. But here he mentions them in a different order. First Vasudev, then Pradyumna, then Aniruddha, then Sankarshan. So, this uh, reveals. The fact that this particular Chaturvyuha that Nard is worshipping in mantra form is not the Chaturvyuha of Vaikuntha. There are two Chaturvyuhas. There is the Chaturvyuha. Chaturvyuha means like four expansions, fourfold expansions of Krishna for Leela in Goloka. And these four expand in Vaikuntha then as well in a different Aishvarya manifestation of the Vyuha. And that Vyuha also has some representation in the material world from Narayan, Vasudev, come the three Vishnus, 
who are also known as Sankarshan, Pradyumna, Naniruddha, and preside over uh, over the creation hmm? in different uh, respects. But here, the order is Vasudev. Vasudev here means Krishna, who has gone to Mathura, Mathuresh Krishna, and to Dwarka. So this Vyuha manifests in Goloka, as I said, for pastimes. So for the pastimes in Mathura and in Dwarka. We have Krishna and Balaram in Vrindavan. And Krishna, from Krishna, Balaram, from Balaram, the Vyuha. Vasudev, Sankarshan, Pradyumna, Aniruddha. So Vasudev, Krishna manifests, and then from, from Baladev, and then a form of Baladev, Sankarshan, that was another of his names at birth, who draws together, um, attracts, and so forth. He connects the different, uh, the two dynasties, principal dynasties. Um, but for, this is then Krishna and Balaram for pastimes in in, in Mathura, Vasudeva, Sankarshan, and then in Dwarka, who is Pradyumna, who is Aniruddha. Pradyumna is one of the sons of Krishna, the principal son of Krishna. And Aniruddha is a grandson. So he says here, Vasudeva, then he mentions his son, his grandson, and then the brother, Sankarshan. So it's a different order hmm? based on uh, how they would be kind of referred to or thought of as a, as a fa- family members in uh, in the context of the Leela. You've got the father, the son, the grandson, and his, his brother, a little, a little separate, <laughs> something something like that. Hmm? So here we find that Nard is, is a devotee of Krishna, and uh, of course he goes everywhere, <laughs> it's said, traveling in the material world and Vaikuntha and so forth, but He's present in Dwarka, Mathura. He may even visit Vrindavan, but he's a, uh, uh, a Vaidhi Bhakta of Krishna in a form of this Chaturvyuha for pastimes in Goloka. Hmm? And uh, so after giving this 32-syllable mantra, hmm, um, he more or less initiates Vyas into the devotional uh, uh, um, life that he's been talking about for so long. And then, of course, he, in giving the mantra, he gives some explanation of the mantra. Hmm? So he says, Iti Murti Abhidhanena. Hmm? He says, Mantra Murtim Amurtikam Yajate Yagya Purusham Sasam Puman. He says that uh, here is, I give you the mantra, and, and this mantra is very um, extraordinary. He says, Iti Murti Abhidhanena. He says, The sound of the mantra is the Murti. 
Nowadays, we, it's popular that people want to worship deities. And they buy the deities in the market and, and so on and so forth. It's troublesome for me. People come to me with they've already got deities in their house and they're not initiated and so forth and, and uh, so on. The, you know, to be a kind of a card-carrying member and qualified to worship the deities, one has to have the mantra. The mantra is the key. And here's explained why. The mantra is the murti. Hmm? Murti means the deity, the form of the Lord. The mantra, the sound of the mantra is the form of the Lord. This helps us to understand that the form of the Lord is not material. It's the sound of the mantra. He's made of the sound of the mantra. Hmm? Of course, it's said a person is his name and you get his name, then if you've got him, you know, you've got his ID, you, know, you can track him down and so on and so forth. So this is much, so much more the case than in spiritual life, where the sound of the mantra corresponds with the form of the Lord that one worships. So without the mantra, without uttering the sound, what capacity do we have to understand the form of the Lord? We're limited. Of course, if we're in Sadhusanga and and, and so forth, we have some idea, but this is kind of the uh, this is the official. You know, you've been given the keys now to enter the world of uh, of uh, ritual and understand the non-material form of the Lord. It looks material in a sense; looks made out in terms of the murti, for example, the deity looks like made out of stone or wood and so forth. And this idea, of course, we're told to abandon. Hmm? Arche Vishnu Shiladi Gurushu Naramatir Vaishnavi Jati Buddhi. One should not think that the, the deity is made out of stone, the Guru is in, just like us. Uh, and uh, Arche Vishnu Shiladi Gurushu Naramatir Vaishnavi Jati Buddhi. The, the Vaishnava is uh, part of the, the uh, social order of the Varnashram. Hmm? This kind of thinking is hellish, it is said. So, we are told what? We are told to see the deity with a, with a philosophical eye, and that philosophical eye is coming in the form of the sound of the mantra and the meaning of the mantra, hmm? which is explained in, in Shastra. Here it's said that uh, samyag darshanapuman hmm? glorifies the person who, who chants the mantra, hmm? And worships the Lord in this way, says that person is a real, is a real seer. But samyag darshan also darshan means by which is seen. So it is said that the Vaishnav sees not by his or her eyes, but by the ears, by hearing. And of course, they hear the instructions of the guru, and the guru speaks the shastra, represents the shastra. So by therefore, it is said sometimes shastra. Chakshu. This is the idea here of samyag darshana puman. Hmm? Uh, the person with the mantra gets, hears the explanation of that. He or she sees with their ears. So what kind of form is that, that you see with your ears? You see, an effort here is made to emphasize the point that the Lord has a form, but it's not um, material. It's the sound of the mantra. Hmm? In fact, iti 
Muti Abhidhanena Mantra Murtim Amurtikam. It says, by the sound one understands the form, and the form is not a form. Hmm? Mantra Murtim Amurtikam. So the, the, the sound represents, this is very mystical, but the sound represents the form. The form is present in the sound. Hmm? And the form is not a form. Hmm? So we find this kind of uh, language in the Shastra in different places, uh, everywhere, throughout so many texts, the form of the Lord is glorified here in Bhagavatam, over and over and over again. Krishna also, in the Gita, speaks about his own form and how abhajananti mamudha manusyam tanamashritam paravam bhavamajananto mamabhuta maheshwaram People don't understand my form when I appear in the world. Um, they're fools, he said, and so forth. So in, in, in many ways, his, his form is glorified, he glorifies his form and so forth. In some places we find this word that he has no form. How to put those two then together? If we look at it in balance, we'll find there's a there's a much greater balance of glorification of the form of the Lord. Indeed, in great detail his form is described. And 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 it's also described how devotees meditate on one detail of his form. His toenails, or his his lotus eyes, his lips, or something like this, and there that's that's sufficient. They're drinking for that, and they can they cannot fully appreciate. Uh, it's said about the Brajsundaris, the Gopis, that they cursed Brahma, the Creator, because he made eyes that blink. So they noticed they're blinking, because for that split second they could not see the form of the Lord. So in so many ways his form is is glorified. Hmm? And at the same time, sometimes it is said, he has no form. So we have to resolve this apparent contradiction. And the idea of course is that Amorti here means he has no he obviously has a transcendental form but, he, but it's not material. So it's not like the forms of this world. Hmm? It's a, 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 in other words, in terms of what we are accustomed to of thinking as forms, it's nothing like that. Because in one sense, in a simple sense, these forms are, as I often say here today, and they're gone tomorrow. Krishna's form is not like that. We have no experience of a form that's not temporary. We have experience of, of things that have always been here and will be here after we're gone, but we also have some, by way of inference and by hearing from those who we, we trust, we have the insight that it won't be here forever. Hmm? No one has seen the sun burn out, but people believe that it will for good reason. Hmm? I guess other stars have burned out or, or, or whatever and so forth. So so in a very basic sense, his form is very different. It's not like anything we have experience of. So sometimes it may be refor- referred to as uh, formless. Mm-hmm. I've given the example before. One of my disciples went home to 
visit his father, and the father said, you know, refrigerator is full of food, eat whatever you want, you know, you filled it up for you. So then he was making a sandwich of lettuce and tomato and cheese and whatever, so many things. And father came and says, hey, aren't you going to put anything on it? Hmm? Because in his father's mind, if you didn't eat meat, you know, you didn't eat, you haven't eaten. Hmm? And so, but when the, when the boy opened the refrigerator, he saw the meat, he didn't see any food there. Hmm? He said, that's not food. Hmm? Something like that. The father, that you don't have that, you don't, haven't had any food. So, Depends on the eyes. One has what one will will see, and if eyes, our eyes are informed by by shastra, shastra chakshu, then we will see what the naked eye cannot see, and that is what the self senses is possible. It's something beyond, what do they say, uh, more than what meets the eye. There's more to life than what meets the eye. Hmm? Um, we have a strong sense about this, that the senses are limiting us. Uh, it's, it's said in common English parlance, we don't always act that way. We act as if there's more, but we still try to get it out of the senses. But the Vedic way, the, the scriptural way, of course, is, is to go in the opposite uh, direction, rather than through exploitation and acquisition and exercising the senses in relation to sense objects, to withdraw them. Hmm? and focus within on the invisible self. Hmm? And then you get a different kind of eyes for seeing. Hmm? So the form of the Lord is, is um, transcendental. It's non-different from the mantra. When you get the mantra, then you can worship the form of the Lord formally. Hmm? So again, these, these have to be put together. Nowadays, all kind of people worship deities and with their own ideas about them and so forth and and probably carry on largely just a save aparad in the name of save. I came once, first time to India from Australia at Prabhupada's invitation to, to Mayapur in 1973 or 4 and we arrived in Madras and the devotee from Australia who was leading the party knew some Vaishnava family in Madras. And so we arrived there, held up and spent the night there, and then we went on to Calcutta and Mayapur. And they were you know, South Indian Brahmin Vaishnavas, and they had the deity in their house of Vishnu, and that place was Vaikuntha. I mean, it was just incredible. Hmm? Um, they really embodied the idea that the householders, all householders should have the deity in the house. Their house was, it basically they couldn't live in the moth, you know, in the monastery, in the temple, so they made their house a temple. Hmm? It wasn't like a little little closet over in the corner or something like that. It was, I mean, it had its place, but it was really the center of everything they were doing. One of the devotees, when they were offered food, hmm, prashad really, and they were just, and they were just delighted to host us, absolutely delighted. And so that one of the devotees, the Godbrother, said, "Is this, has this been offered?" You know, we were just like new devotees, and well, make sure everything's offered. You know, and the guy chuckled. He said, "The whole house is offered." 
<laughs> house and everything in it that's offered. We've offered ourselves, you know. I looked at him like, wow, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my introduction to it, first time in India. I thought, wow, this is an incredible place. Hmm? Of course, everybody's not like that these days. When I that we went on to Calcutta, and another just short remembrance comes to me when we walked in Calcutta. It was a sea, a sea of white-clad men in, in, in dhotis. To see anybody in pants and shirt, as they would call it, pants shirt culture, <laughs> it was that was like hard to find. It was a sea of people in dhotis. And then we went to Mayapur, of course. And in Mayapur, when we do Kirtan, the people would come out on the street and put put a plate down hmm, ahead of us. Sweep the street, quickly sweep the street, put a plate down, pay obeisances, get up, pick up the plate, offer it like this hmm, to the Sankirtan party. Hmm. <laughs> this is a beautiful uh, cultural hmm. Uh, experience that I had so conducive to spiritual life, spiritual practice. It's a pity how the Western influence in industrial society and and um, a uh, lifestyle of acquisition and so forth has eroded and invaded into into that culture. That was what 1973 or four, quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Things have changed a lot. Um, in India, this is and this is the kind of thing that Prabhupada really wanted when he talked about a cultural revolution. It's so beautiful these things. It doesn't look like it's too beautiful to, for you to ask, "What's that superstition?" They're bowing down. Or, it's just too charming, mm-hmm. too charming, and the, and the people involved in it are, are so consumed within it, and so forth that it just it imports you into their world or into it into an, into a Teachable moment, inquisitiveness. It's very, very inviting and, and uh, heartwarming, and so forth. So, so to have anyway to have the deity in the home is a wonderful thing, but it's a it's a big responsibility. You've got to be quite uh, busy. This Western fast-paced industrial society doesn't really afford us much time, the time necessary to take care of the deity uh, properly. Hmm? Um, but at any rate, the Diksha mantra, here is, this is his mantra, it corresponds with the deity. This is like you're a card-carrying Vaishnava. Now I've got the, the key to worship the form of the Lord, which is what Vaishnavism is all about. Hmm? Of course, this is Archon, so this is the land, the realm of ritual from there. Once we get established, then from that symbolic representation of the paraviyom of the spiritual world, we can start to glimpse into that. And of course, we we start to see as much as we give ourselves to the deity, worship the deity, we see oh, in in the context of properly through rituals, and we should be acquainted with all these things. Um, we begin to see the deity is not made of stone. Hmm? This is a different kind of form. And, and look at me. Hmm? I have a different kind of form. Therefore, we enter the altar. And what do we say? Nahumipro, na cha, na rapatir, na pivaisho, na sudram, 
in actual spiritual life. Sannyas means giving up the Dharma marg. You've come to knowledge, so you sannyas. You give up things, which the Dharma marg is all about acquiring. But um, uh, Vaishnavism transcends this. We may import that in, we may use that, have, may have some application and so forth, but the, the selflessness and more, the self-giving and self-forgetfulness of a devotee hmm, is sannyas par excellence in all instances as much as one applies oneself as a devotee regardless of their dress and so forth. Therefore, this, the song of Thakko Bhaktivinodgrihe Thakko Vane Thakko Householder, sannyasi, no difference. People like to quote that line, but the other part is You're always chanting the holy name, there's no difference. Hmm? You have to do that. <laughs> so he says, I'm not a sannyasi, I'm not a grihasta, I have none of these things. We sing in the evening. As far as the Leela goes, he was the teacher of all the householders, how to be the perfect householder, Chaitanya Dev, and Nyasikula Nayaka, the hero of the sannyasis. Hmm? <laughs> so, here he says, I'm not a, actually, I'm, 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 I'm not a sannyasi, I'm not a grihast. What am I? Gopi Bhattu I am the servant of the servant of the servant of that Krishna who is the master of the uh, the gopis. Hmm? So this is the Braj Bas identity. So we in a general sense we say, let me step into my Brindavan identity here and serve here Krishna Balaram, Radha and Krishna, as may be the case. Hmm? A different world. Hmm. And there, the language uh, is, is symbolic, as I said. So through the mantram, we communicate, we invoke the mantram, and we see the Lord. Hmm. For um, what he is, non-material in the, in the least, and more. So, iti murti abhidhanena mantra murtim amurtikam. He has... He's, he, he, his form is the sound of the mantra. It's not an ordinary form. This is what's being said. It's not a material form. You cannot chant somebody's name or social security number and expect that they're going to appear there on the scene, maybe if they're close enough to hear, but he's everywhere. What kind of form is that? His form is everywhere. He showed it in the Dhammadar Leela. And all the ropes of Vrindavan couldn't tie him up. His way of showing in the context of that my form is all pervasive. Still I'm moving from place to place and being tied up by my mother. And the mantra is a bit of is a bit is a bit of rope. It's handed to us by the guru. Now we'll tie up Krishna, capture him. Uh, he'll appear for, before he's everywhere. You chant from the heart, he will hear you. He can appear there. He's non-different than the mantra. 
he said the guru is non-different from the mantra, as much as the guru represents uh, Krishna as well. So, the sound of the mantra I've just given, he says, that is the that is the form of the Lord. Hmm? His form is not material. Yajete, hmm? yogya purusham. Hmm? Uh, it's a it is a form to be worshipped. Hmm? It's a form for worship. His name Yajnavai Vishnu. His name is worship. Yajna, sacrifice. I've said before, sacrifice is the womb from which the, the child of love takes birth. Hmm? Some pains of labor, hmm? and oh, there's the child. Hmm? And what possibilities there are. When we're in the labor stage, you're wondering, mm-hmm. are you sure I wanted this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this, is pa- <laughs> this is painful, something like that. But when the, 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 the child of love is born and all, so what possibilities there are. Hmm? So from some self-sacrifice, then we can understand, to self-forgetfulness. When the child's born, <laughs> Mother forgets herself altogether. Hmm? Hold the child, and the child is passing stool all over her, <laughs> and it's smelling like roses, hmm? isn't it? Everybody else goes, "Yeah, I don't know about that." <laughs> Even Dad has to think twice about that. For <laughs> Your soda has more vatsalya actually than than Nanda, even though both are unlimited. So, he's a form of worship, and some sasam yagdarshanapuman, as I mentioned this. So, he who does that worship hmm, by taking the mantra, that person, this says, that person is worshipable. Hmm? Hmm? Seeing that person, this is another way of translating this, seeing that person, one becomes samyag, one becomes complete. Hmm? This is the parampara idea. By seeing that person, akshno falam tadushadarshanam hi. What is that verse? Akshno falam tadushadarshanam hi. Jiva falam tadrishad katrasanga. Sudulaba Bhagavata hiloke. Forgot one line, three out of four. Akshno falam. Uh, you wouldn't have known. <laughs> I'm an honest man. <laughs> so, to see him, Akshnofalam Adisha Darshanam He, that is the perfection of seeing. So this is the Samyag Darshanam Puman mentioned here. That is the complete seeing. To see the person who's fully absorbed in the worship of the Lord, that is the perfection of seeing. Jivafalam Tadrisha Kirtanam he to to chant about him, Kirtanam, that is the perfection of the tongue. Hmm? And uh Tadrisha Gatram uh, Sangha hmm? to touch him or her, that person, that is the perfection of the touch. Sudulaba Bhagavata Iloke. Very rare to find such a person in this world. This is what Nara is like. Hmm? Vyasa is seeing him. This is his 
is perfection. He wants Vyasa to be like that. And people will see Vyasa and they will be touched by this. This is one idea. And the Arjuna means also knowledge. So by such worship, it means also that by such worship of the form of the Lord through the mantras I'm giving to you, this is the full this is full samyag darshana. This is full knowledge. Complete this is what it means to be omniscient. <laughs> this is what it means to be all knowing. Hmm? There's nothing more to be known. Hmm? And it, it'll come to this now because we'll find he gets omniscience. Hmm? He gets all the siddhis. Then he gets praying. Hmm? But then you will see we put this in perspective. It's 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 not um, it's not helpful for Rasa. Hmm? So he 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 knows everything. This is the knowing of everything. This is the knowing of the of the ninth chapter of the Gita. Be my devotee. Krishna says it. This is this aspect is being mentioned here. Yaji means yajya, so worship, sacrifice. Do do my so engage in sacrifice of of my uh, of, of my service. Here, it's of course interesting. Now, it's it, it, he's giving the mantra and it, it's the chanting of the mantra. It's a it's a it's a dhyan, no doubt. But Nard, of course, is a great uh, kirtan here. This is a mantra of the um, largely of the Dwarpa Yuga. Hmm? It's like the Maha Mantra of the Dwarpa Yuga. Um, and of course, now we come to Kali Yuga, and Kirtan takes precedence. Hmm? But also, and the third thing, and Samyag Darshan, as I said earlier, it means that um, Darshan means by which something is seen, or by which one is seen. Hmm? So the Darshan of the deity is that by which one is seen. If we have the right, right understanding, we're going to be seen by the deity. Not to see the deity, but to be seen by him. If he wants to show himself to us, he can. But we're here to show ourselves to him. Mm-hmm. Hmm? I'm here reporting in for service. Something like that. If you want me to see you so that I can do your service, please show me your your, your loving ways. Hmm? Something like that. So then in this context... Then, darshana means the way of seeing, and the way of seeing, as I said earlier, is through the ears. These are the eyes, the vaishna, uh, through the ears, or the extension of that, what you hear through the ears. And what do we hear? Shastra. Therefore, shastra chakshu. The eyes are the shastra, hmm? and we hear them with ears. I suppose you could read them with your eyes too, <laughs> but um, the recommendation is to hear them in implication being through param, guru parampara you could read them too but that you get them from someone else that hmm? it's passed on um, to you and this is the way of complete knowing then samyag darshanam puman that person becomes a complete knower hmm? so kind of a rest here for a moment a conclusion a great event Vyasa has received the mantra hmm? He got all this instruction, all this sambandagyan. Hmm? And um, what is bhakti, what is not bhakti? The field, is, the heart is prepared in this way. Hmm? And already comes out of the mantra, worship in this way. 
Then he will conclude his story here in, uh, in the import. In the next two verses we'll discuss in the next class. Any question? Well, they, is that Vasudev and that's Vasudev Krishna and Sankarshan. They're Krishna and Balaram, but they also go by those names. And in Mathura, hmm, actually, they went. Uh, what is that place of Sandipani Muni? A little outside of Mathura, but it's Ujain. in the Ujjain. Ujjain? Ujjain, yeah. Uh, just, uh, I guess, in the Mathura district. He was, of course, a Shaivite. Hmm? said that Krishna wouldn't accept a Vaishnava, or no Vaishnava would accept Krishna as his disciple. Hmm? Unless he was disguised as a devotee, in the case of um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who became the disciple of um, Ishwar Puri, great Vaishnava. So, and of course, we also have a uh, no problem with uh, we're not part of the Shaivite Vaishnavite argument mm-hmm. we heard at some length from uh, Venerable Vishwanachakudita with the glories of Mahadev Shiva mm-hmm. who is a particular manifestation of, Vish- of Vishnu for particular purposes so um, anyway Krishna became the disciple of Sandipani Muni as far as so he had a relationship as a disciple mm-hmm of Sandipani Muni in the context of the Leela. If you want to know what is Sandipani Muni's rasa with Krishna. Hmm? Uh, well, he was a selfless uh, disciple. Um, it, 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 it has the as a teacher, as the well-wisher, has all of the um, elements of, uh, of well, not all of the elements, but some of the elements of paternal love on the part of the um, uh, Sandipani Muni. But uh, Krishna Balaram, they served um, him very faithfully, and there's, of course, the famous story of his going and fetching the firewood for, for the yagya, Mm-hmm. And the what happened? The storm came, and they, they hadn't completed the mission, so they didn't come back. Mm-hmm. Despite the storm, and Sandipani Muni went to find him. In the, in the, in the, was it in the night or the next morning? Or with his concern, there's a nice, beautiful, very touching story: the affection of Sandipani Muni for for Krishna. And he was with his friend Sudama. So it, it, the one classmate is the only one that is highlighted. In the, uh, in the in the in the texts, is his relationship with Sudama and Sudama. He had a type of puri sambandhi relationship uh, in Sakirasa as a as a kind of a friend in the city. It's said in some places that that um, Sudama appeared in Gorlila's Suklambar 
brahmachari. You may find him included in some of our prayers, especially with regard to Mahaprabhu's pastimes after breakfast, going on Sankirtan, where he turns into a coward and, and, and enters into the Krishna Leela. Suklambar and others, Sridham, Sridham, uh, Sridhar, Suklambar, and so many others. So that that one relationship is is is, is highlighted. That Sudama came to see Krishna in Dwarka after Krishna became the powerful prince of Dwarka and so forth, and um, he was living very poorly. At the request of his wife, he went to Krishna to ask something, as Brahmins were were um, supposed to do, beg for their sustenance. So he went to Krishna, who was royalty in that Dwarkalila, and you know, all he had was some chipped rice, and he was embarrassed to give it. Krishna snatched it from him, ate it, and Goddess Rukmini said, "Don't." he was going to eat another morsel. He said, don't eat another one. I've already blessed him millions of times over with... Uh, uh, opulence. When Sudama went home, and his his little shack had been turned into a palace, <laughs> and so forth. So this is the one relationship that is that is highlighted. They had a dear and friendly Sakirasa relationship. Anything else? They were excellent disciples, of course. They were given a task to, to bring. They had been given an extraordinary task, uh, like a guru dakshin, to show their appreciation. They were asked to give a gift. So they, I think Sanipani Muni's wife said, "You can't ask them just an ordinary thing." They, they have to, these are very special students, so they said, "Bring back my dead." She suggested, "Bring back your dead son." Hmm? That dead son has some connection with the Mata Mongol. Hmm? Um, that's an old story. Anyway, they brought him back hmm? from under the sea, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So they're very expert in satisfying the guru. And they did menial, menial service to go and fetch firewood with their tender hands, Krishna anyway. So he set an example of the ideal student. That's the classic, you know, fetch wood, carry water. What? Samatpani Shotriyam. How do the Buddhists say it? Chop wood, carry water. Chop wood, carry water. Anything else? Jiva Goswami, Krishna Sandarbha. Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam Kijaya. O Premanande.